0: 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. As the children of Israel were gathered at the Red Sea, God told Moses to lift up the rod of God and that God would send a great wind and he would split the Red Sea in two so the Israelites could cross over on dry ground. Moses saw that God was sovereign over the sea. The disciples in the boat during the storm, and the ship was sinking, cried out to Jesus, woke him up in the boat, don't you care that we die? And Jesus woke up, and he said, peace, be still. And the winds and the waves were quiet. The early church was told by Christ to wait for power from on high. And they gathered and they prayed together, and the power of God fell at Pentecost, and thousands were saved, and lives were changed because God is sovereign. He is able. I want you to know that God is sovereign and able in our lives. He's able to bring healing. He's able to bring grace to carry us through trial. He's able in every facet and area of our lives. And we need to draw near to Him and trust in those times where we don't understand. In the times where we don't see the way, God knows the way. He says, I know the plans I have. I want you to know that God has a plan for your life. If you're a child of God, your days are written in His book. He loves you. He cares for you. He's got a plan for you. And this scripture we're going to speak about today... David has just been anointed king over Israel by Samuel. And he's sent back to the, to the sheep to be a shepherd. Isn't that kind of anticlimactic? You're anointed by the king as all this fanfare. You're anointed by Samuel as king. And you go back to the sheep. I wonder if David was scratching his head thinking, you know, that was neat and everything. But how am I going to get from the sheep to the kingdom. How am I going to become what God has chosen for me to be? But God had a plan for his life. And as you see the details take place in the scripture, you see that God was working in David's circumstances to bring about his good purpose. Ultimately, God's greatest purpose for us is to be with him. Uh, One day, the trials of this life will be over and we will receive the greatest purpose that God has for us, that he's prepared in glory. Uh, in the meantime, we need to trust him to fulfill his purpose in our lives. So look with me at First Samuel 16, verse 14. Now the spirit of the Lord had left Saul and an evil spirit sent from the Lord began to torment him. So Saul's servants said to him, you see that an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command your servants here in your presence to look for someone who knows how to play the lyre. When the evil spirit from God troubles you, that person can play the lyre and you'll feel better. Then Saul commanded his servants, Find me someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is also a valiant man, a warrior, eloquent, handsome, and the Lord is with him. Then Saul dispatched messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and one young goat, and sent them by his son David to Saul. When David came to Saul and entered his service, Saul admired him greatly, and David became his armor-bearer. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, Let David remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Whenever the spirit from God troubled Saul, David would pick up his lyre and play, and Saul would be relieved, feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. The power of God's sovereignty is the title of my message today. The sovereignty of God means he's in charge. He's on the throne. He is in control. And so, How is God's sovereignty demonstrated in the life of David? And how is it demonstrated in our lives? Well, firstly, I want you to see the power of God's sovereignty over an evil spirit. Over an evil spirit. I was listening uh, to the radio this week and I heard a pastor was preaching. And he said, we have somebody stronger than Satan living within us there's somebody stronger than satan in your life if you're a child of god you're his you're bought with the blood of jesus you have authority over the evil one in jesus name but i want you to see that god can even use an evil spirit for his purpose saul had rebelled against god he had rejected his way and his will now saul has an evil spirit that wanted to torment him. God gives him permission, sends this evil spirit, and this evil spirit is tormenting Saul as a judgment for his sin. Uh, We've seen that in other places as well in Scripture. Uh, One of the places is in Revelation where there are going to be demonic spirits that will uh, judge people during the time of the tribulation. But I want you to also see that God is using this evil spirit for his purpose for David's life as well. Did you know that God can take a bad situation and use it for good? God can use an evil messenger. You remember Nebuchadnezzar? God calls him Nebuchadnezzar, my servant. Nebuchadnezzar was neither a believer in God nor an Israelite, but God calls him my servant. Why? He was going to be used by God for his purpose, to to take Israel into captivity and bring them to repentance. I want you to know something. God is sovereign, evil, even over the devil and his forces, and he can use them for our good. So this evil spirit comes, and he's tormenting Saul. Saul. And so Saul's servants say, look, you need to find somebody who can play the lyre or the harp. And he sends somebody to find, guess who they find, David. There was a problem, the evil spirit that needed a solution. Now why they asked for somebody to play the harp or the lyre, I don't know. It's It's an unusual, we're going to talk about that here in a moment, but But the fact is, God used the problem of the evil spirit to open up a path for David to enter the court of Saul the king, to learn how to be a king, to learn the organization in the country and so forth, uh, but also to be in a position where he would ultimately come to power. So God can even use the evil spirits in your life. Uh, there was a man in the New Testament called the, the demoniac by most of our Bibles that, you know, they'll put a little heading over that section of Scripture. But this man was inhabited by a whole legion of demons, the Scripture says. And Jesus cast those demons out of this man and completely changed his life. People went from being afraid of him to seeing him in his right mind, and that made them afraid. But Jesus said, Go tell everyone what God has done for you. God used a whole legion of demons to be a testimony for this man as he set him free from this demonic power and used him as a witness all over that region. He would go and tell people, this is what Jesus did for me. You know, that's the basic essence of witnessing. This is what Jesus did for me. This is what he can do for you. And so, um, trust God In, in the circumstances of your life Trust God when it seems like the evil one is having his way in some area of your life. Take it to God in prayer. Uh, Look in God's word and seek the support of other believers. But know that ultimately God is in charge. And he can even use these bad situations for good. We know that. Romans 8, 28 says that, right? We know that God works all things together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. All things, yes, our failures, even the work of the devil, God can use it for his good purpose. So you see God's sovereignty over an evil spirit. Secondly, you see God's sovereignty in an unusual suggestion. Look at verse 16. Servants suggest this. Let our Lord command your servants here in your presence to look for someone who knows how to play the liar. I don't really know how you make that t- that connection. Okay, there's an evil spirit. We need a liar or a heart player. I think it probably goes a little deeper than that. I think Saul's servants probably knew they needed somebody who would worship God. No better candidate existed for that than David. Uh, the great worshiper of Israel, the one who wrote many of the Psalms. Uh, when God's presence comes down in worship, Satan's driven out. But on the surface, it sounds like just a really unusual suggestion. Why why wouldn't you send for the preacher? For the priest of that day? Uh, Why wouldn't you send for people to pray? There's a lot of things you could do. Why a liar, a harp player? Well, this is what what they mentioned. But God used this unusual suggestion to bring David to Saul's court. An unusual suggestion. Moses, lift your rod. <laughs> what good is that going to do, Lord? We got an ocean in front of us. We got an Egyptian army. By no, lift the rod, Joshua, march around the city once a day for seven days, and on the seventh day, seven times, and blow the trumpets and shout, and the Lord will give you the city. That's an unusual suggestion, but God used it. To bring down the city walls. I want you to know God can use unusual things in your life. Unusual suggestions to bring about his will. God told Elijah, go to a widow in Zarephath. And I'll supply for you there. Why would you go to a widow? In those days, widows were people who were usually poor. They had no resources. Why go to a widow? It's an unusual suggestion, but that's the suggestion that God made. Now, God's using the unusual suggestion of a person in Saul's court. Guess what? I think that unusual suggestion came from God. When people make a suggestion to you, before you dismiss it out of hand, think, is this from God? And maybe take it to the Lord in prayer. Especially if you know the person to be a godly person. Take it to the Lord in prayer and see if it might not be from Him. God used an unusual suggestion. I, when I was growing up, I had uh, a couple of, two or three people that asked me, uh, Are you going to be a pastor? And I said, no, I'm not going to be a pastor. Um, Then I had some people say, well, there there was probably a handful. Said, I believe God's going to use you as a pastor. I said, no, that's not going to happen. Guess what? They were making a suggestion. (laughs) I think it was actually from God. So this unusual suggestion in Saul's core, ended up bringing David. So They said, hey, there's a guy. We know of a guy that plays the heart. And so this unusual suggestion brought David. So don't, don't underestimate the power of just a mere suggestion in God's hands to bring about God's purpose. Then I want you to see next. God demonstrates his sovereignty not only In an evil spirit, an unusual suggestion. Thirdly, in a single observation. Look at verse 18. One of the young men answered, I have seen a son of Jesse. Now think about this for a second. Of all the people who would be there at that specific time, you have one guy making a suggestion to get a harp player or a lyre player. And then you have another guy saying, I've seen this guy named David. Just so happened to be in Saul's presence at that time. Somebody who knew of David. David's own family didn't think enough of him to give him a, to bring him before Samuel. And yet this, this one individual who's seen David says, look, I have seen this guy. And this is the guy that you need to get to come into your presence. And he begins to describe him. And look at what he says. He says he knows how to play the lyre. He's also a valiant man. It's, the Hebrew word um, can mean someone who is uh, strong or, or who is uh, godly. Uh, can mean uh, valiant or, or powerful. Then he says a warrior, eloquent, handsome, and the Lord is with him. You know, I wonder if David felt obscure and unnoticed by the world, caring for the sheep. Perhaps he thought, you know, does it even matter, am I even making a difference in serving God? But the scripture says that there was somebody watching. Can I tell you something? If you're a child of God and people know you're a child of God, there are people watching you. They see what you do in your life. They observe what you do. People are looking for the real thing. They're looking to see Jesus, the heart of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the life of Jesus in an individual. And through your life, they can see that. So David was making a difference, and he was being uh, a godly man, and people were observing this. But God used this single observation of this man to accomplish David's purpose. For his life. When I was uh, college age, my dad was preaching a revival at a church, and he asked me. He said, uh, "Roger, would you come and and let's sing together at this revival?" And uh, and I, I said, "Okay, let me check and make sure I'm not working." And I checked, and I could go. And so so we went, and we sang together as a family. It didn't seem like all that big of a deal. Seated in that congregation, there was the man that also was preaching uh, the revival there, and his name was Ron Ferguson, and he was uh, the pastor at the first church where I would go serve on staff. And he said that as I was singing, God just kind of spoke to his heart and said, he's the guy you need to get for music and youth ministry at your church. Single observation. God put us together. That's the sovereignty of God. It's The sovereignty of God. Somebody comes... And prays for you when you need it. Somebody comes and visits you or, or somebody encourages you. Maybe calls you on the phone and says, hey, hey, I was thinking about you. I just wanted to let you know this is what God's been doing in my life. And uh, you know, maybe uh, pray for you and whatever. And, and they do that at just the right time. Do you think that's an accident? It's a sovereignty of God. The single observation of this man was used by God in his plan to bring David to the court of the king. God will use things in your life sometimes that are small. But because he is sovereign and because he is powerful and because he's in control, he can use those things to fulfill the purposes for your life. This widow that... Elijah went to sea in that time of famine, was preparing her last meal. And God, in his sovereignty, not only took care of Elijah, but he took care of her and her son. She was required to trust. And and she sees this prophet coming. She's gathering for her last meal. But this single observation of this prophet and hearing his word made all the difference in her life. Why? Because he challenged her, make me something first. And she trusted God, and she did so. And God said, the flour's not going to fail, the oil's not going to give way. You're going to be taken care of the whole time of the famine. You, your son, and the prophet. And God supplied their needs. She observed the prophet with the eyes of faith, and God made a difference in her life. Don't take the details of life as necessarily being unimportant. Sometimes God may bring divine appointments into your life and and allow you to observe something or allow someone to observe you to fulfill his purpose in your life or in theirs. The power of God's sovereignty is that he can use everyday circumstances to put people together and accomplish his will. There was a man uh, in a coffee shop you would think, you you probably are surprised that I would go to a coffee shop, aren't you? Uh, some of you know that I love coffee. But anyway, I'd gone to this coffee shop in the afternoon. I, I needed caffeine in a big way. And so I'd gotten my coffee, and I'd gone up to this, this little table to, to make my coffee. And I'm standing there, and this man says, hey, hey. And finally, you know... Somebody's yelling at you, and you think, oh, they're yelling at somebody else. You finally realize maybe it's me, and you turn. And uh, he's yelling at me, and I said, yeah. He said, are you a pastor? I don't know. There must be a certain look. I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, are you a pastor? And and I said, yes, I am. And and he said, well, he said, I I just saw this movie, The Passion of the Christ. He said, "Uh, I need somebody to tell me how to be saved. I've I've had that happen, not that exact thing, but I've had somebody ask me to tell them how to be saved twice in my life. I believe that was a divine appointment of God. I wasn't planning on going to that coffee shop. Could the lack of caffeine be uh, sovereignly ordained by God for his purpose? Absolutely. Could this man's observation of me Be part of the sovereign plan of God for his life? It was. And he gave his heart to Christ. Don't underestimate the little things in life. God is able to use all kinds of things to fulfill his purpose. So what does God use? He used an evil spirit, an unusual suggestion, a single observation, and finally a divine appointment. Saul sent messengers, verse 19, to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. Now, I don't know how Saul knew he was with the sheep, but I think that's a a funny uh, detail that's included there. Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey, loaded it with bread and so forth, and sent David. David came to Saul, verse 21, and entered his service. Saul admired him greatly, and David became his armor-bearer. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, let David remain in my service. God had an appointment for David, a divine appointment, to be in Saul's presence. Uh, God will use these things to show his sovereignty. My dad was in a hospital in Evansville, Indiana, uh, ministering to some of his people that were there. As he was coming through the, the um, foyer there of the hospital, he noticed a woman that seemed distraught and her husband there. And, and uh, the Holy Spirit just kind of touched his heart. You need to go offer to pray for those people. And so he did she said oh yes please she she said please do pray for us and so he prayed for them and they're very grateful and she said she said you know uh i'm so grateful that you came here today because uh, we don't have a pastor and she said we um we we were just struggling through this trial and i think god has used you to minister to us would you be interested in talking to our church about coming to our church he said, well, no, he said, I can't. He said, I've just come to my current church, and he said, I, I can't leave. I, you know, I've just come. And he said, uh, but I have a friend. His name is Mike Thompson. He's pastor of Second Baptist now. Mike Thompson. A week later, they call Mike, and uh, Mike ends up going to pastor that church, and he pastored it for, uh, I think, it was 11 to 12 years there in that church and minister to those people. Can I tell you, I believe that was a divine appointment. God, he, Dad was going about his normal, everyday activities, but there was somebody that God put in his presence as part of his sovereign will and sovereign plan. That's the power of God's sovereignty. God is able to work. Sometimes we put limitations on God. I wonder if David sat around thinking, you know, how in the world is God going to get me out of this sheepfold? <laughs> Out of, out of shepherding these sheep to where he wants me to be. How's this, what's this plan going to look like? Joshua had a, had a group of untrained military uh, gr- uh, warriors to, to try to take Jericho. They didn't know what they were doing. How in the world am I going to take Jericho? They've got these great fortresses, uh, these great trained warriors. They've got all these things to resist us with. How in the world could I take Jericho? Moses probably thought, how in the world am I going to cross the Red Sea? He probably didn't even think that. (laughs) How am I going to get out of this? There's a barrier on both sides. But God, in the power of his sovereignty, had a way ordained. And when God has a way ordained, hell itself can't stand in the way. God will bring about his purpose. The power of God's sovereignty. I think it's interesting that Sometimes we we feel led to do something. Maybe we don't even see the fruit of what we do, but we feel led to do it. Uh, I'm sure my pastor, when I was growing up, must have felt led because we never did it. I I can't think of a single time we ever did this in our church except this one time. But We had an evangelist preach by video after our Sunday evening service. Only time I can remember it ever happening, and it was the night the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of my heart, showed me I was lost, and set me on the path to salvation. This power of God's sovereignty. If if we knew all the things that God is doing in our lives, if we knew all the things that God was preparing. The ways that God was working behind the scenes to achieve his purpose, I think our faith would just soar. Why does God include scriptures like this? Not only to give us the historical account of, of David's life and what God did in his life, but also, I think, to show us there's nothing too hard for God. He's able, that's the power of his sovereignty. He's able to shoot a crooked arrow straight, in the words of Adrian Rogers. Aren't you glad? Have you ever felt like a crooked arrow? God, how could you use me? Praise God he uses crooked arrows and shoots them straight. Praise God that he takes the weak and he uses the weak to confound the strong. And the lack of understanding that sometimes people have uh, to confound those with understanding. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Take your burdens to Jesus. Take your life's plan to Jesus and say, Lord, what is it that you want to do in my life? And Lord, just Show me what I need to do in preparation, but then help me trust you with the steps that I need to take and the things that I need to do to fulfill your purposes in my life. And then watch God come alongside you and help you fulfill the plan that he has for your life. Amos said, I'm I'm neither a prophet or the son of a prophet, but the Lord has called me. And God used Amos. God will use you as you're willing to follow him. Trust the power of his sovereignty. If you're going through a trial, trust that he's sovereign over the negative circumstances that you're going through and that he has a good purpose for it and a plan. If you're having trouble accomplishing the things that you think he's put before you to accomplish, trust that God is working in the details. Did you know David didn't become king for some time? He goes into Saul's court, then Saul becomes jealous and chases him, and he's running from Saul for years. God begins this work, and God is working, but David doesn't see the fruit of it for years. Sometimes between the time that God tells us what his plan is and the time where God answers, there's a period of waiting and trust where we just trust in his hand and trust that he's faithful. David trusted God, and ultimately God brought him to the throne. Will you trust God? Will you trust the power of his sovereignty? He is in control. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are sovereign. And that you can use even the devil, even an unusual suggestion or uh, an observation, God. You can use these things to change the course of life. Thank you that you're that kind of God. Lord, I thank you that our days are written in your book. I thank you that you have a plan for our lives, Lord. I thank you that you're working even now all things together for good.